0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to publish, perish or podcast your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to see if science does deep work. I'm Andy Stapleton, and joining me today is Cameron Spoopy Shiro.
1: Hello, Andy. Good results to all of our listeners. Good results, everyone. Good
0: results. Um,
1: Before you say anything, what is deep work?
0: Oh, I am going to foreshadow my topic suggestions a little bit. So deep work, right? I've just read a book. I think you'd like it. It's by an academic. Okay. And it's called Deep Deep Work. Work. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. So, what the premise of the book is that life is made up of shit jobs that are light work. They're kind of like um, tweeting, emails, bureaucratic, pointless paperwork, pen-pushing rubbish, right? But that by its very nature, is so superficial that it cannot lead to true value because anyone can do it. Whereas each person, in your case, um, science and batteries and renewable energy and catalysts, like that's what you can do. You're uniquely um, sort of qualified to do your job. Mm -hmm. So what you should do is spend time ignoring all of the bureaucracy and focusing Probably about, he says about three hours a day on deep work, uninterrupted writing, I guess in your case. Okay. Uninterrupted writing of proposals, of grants, of stuff, of papers. And if you do that every single day, that's what leads to real value and not being distracted by emails.
1: Okay. So, do I do deep work? Yeah, do you? Is that the question? Yeah. At the moment, I do actually. Good on you. I turn the emails off. Mm-hmm. And uh, depending on, so I'm in an open-plan office, so it can be a little bit distracting. Yeah, but at the same time, um, I can't have headphones on all day because then I kind of well, no, no, (laughs) because it hurts. It kind of just gets distracting in itself. Yeah, so I put on um, music that I don't know the lyrics to, Mm -hmm. uh, and and I thought you'll be singing along. Yes, and so while I have the emails off, I do try to do. Deep work, depending on on which could be writing. Mm. Recently, I've written up a summary of all I've done this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And while doing that, I I really had to just switch everything else
0: off and and focus on what I was doing. And you do... So, you turn off your phone? I guess you can. Oh, you do? Yeah. Good. Turn off your phone. Turn off... Like, you shut down emails. Yep. Or notifications. Yep. And you just work. Yep. That's deep work. Congratulations. And how long do you do it for?
1: I wouldn't... I would do it for like... At least one hour blocks,
0: mm-hmm. maybe five one hour blocks a day. That's pretty good. Yep. That's good amount of deep work. Congratulations. Thanks. Would science like to do deep work?
1: I think it would. So, I mean, not deep work or light work is emails and other things. There's not a yeah. lot of science to really be done in emails. No.
0: Although I we like that, to think there is. Well, yes. People love to think an email. or oh, An email is So work. important. Yes. Um,
1: so, I think the science would really enjoy deep work and think it's more valuable because it really does want to think about what it can do and what it's doing and do that properly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. I agree. Okay. Yeah. But it would, I think science would, like a little bit of Twitter, a little bit of outrage to motivate itself through the rest (laughs) of the day, a little bit of Twitter, just like a cheeky bit just in the beginning start off the day with start twitter start the day with the twitter get the get the firing you know look at all the anti vaxxers look at all the trump supporters mm. and be like right this is why i'm working fire me up twitter and then yeah straight into deep work okay mm-hmm. and uh, yeah so ever since reading that book actually it was i guess i was already kind of doing something similar but now i set a timer so, at the moment, the one thing that's creating value in my life is creating uh, content for the different websites, for the YouTube. Um, and so, now I'm like, okay, that's what I do. Like, mm-hmm. I, I sit down and I set a timer and I do it in an hour and a half blocks. So, I okay. find that I really struggled. Like, the last 15 minutes, my mind's like, oh, Yep. Um, but I plow on through. I've closed... Uh, all of my emails, everything. Yep. So it's just me and words. And I can write about 2,000 words in that time, which is, I think, quite a lot. You just like type away. Okay. I like a stream of consciousness sometimes, <laughs> but it works. Yeah. Good. Deep work for the win. Boom. It's time for news for the week, month.
1: News for the period of time. Yeah. We've, we've uh, kind of gone off schedule. We're going for have quality we, now yeah, definitely over quality. consistency.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. So what have you been up to, Shmoopy Shearer, since we last spoke? A
1: um, few bits of news. Oh, nice. The podcast that you and I were both interviewed for. Yes. Um, a few episodes have been released. It now has a name. It's the Career Sessions podcast.
0: Career Sessions podcast. Yep. of... Is it sponsored by Flinders or is it out of Flinders? Is it just... Is it uh, its own little entity? It did have a sponsor. I can't
1: remember. I think it's just sponsored by uh, Science Week? Or Inspiring Inspiring, SA. Inspiring SA. Yeah. Um, And so, they actually had like a launch type event Mm. at Science Week. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You're aware of this? No. Okay. They sent me an email. (laughs) You didn't quite get through reading it. So, in this Science Week program, which you could kind of book in a time to listen to the release of the first podcast. Okay. All but right. they actually um, had a list of people who they've interviewed mm-hmm. as kind of teasers, like listen to this Career Sessions podcast and you could uh, listen yeah. to this person.
0: And it's like a little sneak, y- your best moment.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, they didn't have... It wasn't order. it was all okay. written. Yep. But so here's the list. So they've okay. got John Convaney, uh, he's a professor at Flinders University. Nice. They've got the deputy leader of the South Australian Labour Party. Jesus. A local political. They've yep. got the program manager at Inspiring SA. Sharon. They've got Pittman. the Sharon Pittman. They've got the managing director of the Australian Wine Research Institute. And the last name on here is young Tour poppy of the year recipient, Dr. Cameron Shearer. Oh
0: my God, love it.
1: So they chose five people of all the ones they interviewed to highlight right. as... It's up there. Guess what? You've made it. And they chose me.
0: Congratulations. Thanks. I'm a little bit jealous. A little bit, but I'm happy <laughs> for you mainly. Thank you.
1: Second bit of news for you, Andy. Yes. Zoom lectures. Oh, yeah. Lectures via Zoom are going on.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm going to be doing lectures via Zoom in a couple of weeks. Mm, what are you lecturing? Six weeks. Uh, intro chem.
0: Nice.
1: Um, now, one of the other lecturers made a mistake in their sound recording while they were... So, the, they do the live lecture on Zoom, mm-hmm. but then it's also recorded through Zoom to get put up later on for people yep. who can't make the live recording. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> All right, they made a sound mistake and so the sound didn't record for 15 or 20 minutes, something like that. Oh shit, that's okay. a long
0: time. Yeah.
1: What should they do in this situation? For the should so should they record the whole thing again just to put it up online in mm. itself or should they put up last year's lecture?
0: Oh, last year's lecture, it's fine.
1: Okay. So even though that admits to everyone that the content has not changed between years yeah,
0: and that there's What's the, no
1: real point in lectures yeah. at all.
0: Yeah, let's, bre- let's shatter the illusion, <laughs> shall we? You're paying your tuition fee for a recorded lecture. Yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah. Okay, okay, yep. Well, what, what do you think they should do?
1: I think they should record it again.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, if you don't want to shatter the illusion then clearly they have to do it again, or at least that 20 minutes or whatever. Yep. But, like, I I lectured probably two or three years at Flinders, and I reckon I changed probably two or three slides, updated the odd graph if it looked really shit. Mm. But, but but that's uni, right? Like, it's like a textbook. Lectures are just, like, live textbooks. Yeah. Especially yep. this early. Like, this early, you kind of be expecting new stuff to be coming at you. You're just learning facts,
1: <laughs> it, so you're right but, <laughs> but it just feels wrong
0: it does feel wrong well it feels wrong i tell you why because you're ripping students off by charging them a fortune for a, a repeat last year's lecture yeah exactly do
1: you think I could just record like I know because I didn't do it last year yeah but why don't I just do that during the live one and I'll just be there on the chat ready to answer questions. <laughs> Look, I, so I As they come up.
0: I um Kate came up with this thing or well, it's a teaching method methodology, but it's about the flipped classroom, right? Where you say, here's all of the information, recorded or not, right? Two years old, five, it doesn't matter. Yep. It's like like I said, it's like a live textbook. So here's the information, but you come to our online chat session with things you're not sure of. Mm-hmm. But you must, you know, it's like that's, it's that thing. You must have had a go at trying to understand it yourself. You can't just turn up and be like, I oh, don't know. Yeah. Um, What's everything? Yeah, that's right. But what do you think about that? I think that's, yeah, like that's a better thing for Zoom yes. rather than this pretend live lecture. Yeah. That is recorded anyway and you can access later. And then they don't get workshops? So
1: labs and workshops are still going on. Okay. Face-to-face.
0: Yeah. So, I do like your idea where record it, put it up here, watch this. Now, I'll be available to you for an hour where you can pop in and speak to me. No harm in that. That There's true value, mate. Mm. Isn't it? Yep. You're right.
1: Yes. Favorite words. I might do some of that. Okay. Third thing. Yes. Is this impressive? Now, we're talking (laughs) metrics. Okay. Metrics, metrics, metrics. Yeah. Now. So flipping through my sites, of course, yep. I was cited by a review article in a good journal. Mm. impact factor greater than 10. Nice. So probably a very good journal. Yeah. Um, so not only did they cite me in this review article, but they've actually used one of my figures mm. within their review article. Mm. and they've kind of summarized the findings in a you know in a in a nice way. Yeah, so not they like, haven't just said, Shira et al. did this, like end of site. They've yep. actually said they've done this. They found this, and then they and did this. And they interpreted your that.
0: results and presented it nicely. Yeah, yep.
1: All right. How do I? How do I win from this? Like,
0: <laughs> what do you mean, I do you win? So right
1: now, it's just a site. <laughs> yeah. Like, is it a super site?
0: I, well they don't exist first of all <laughs> um the, there's no there's no way to win but more than having a site it's so like that
1: so that right now is worth the same as someone Mis- saying yeah. or mistakenly citing me which I yeah. say which i've got <laughs> plenty of them or saying Shira et al were wrong when they got this result mm. and then cite
0: mm. It's, I mean, it is interesting. Now you bring up the point that sites aren't weighted considering how valuable they are to the paper. Mm-hmm. That would be really interesting. I think that would be really important to do somehow. But no, in today's system, it's impressive. It's yep. bragging. You get a little bit of that. Yep. But no more for your metrics. Okay. Nothing, nothing official.
1: So all I've gotten out of this is that I could just tell you and whoever listens to this podcast yeah, that, <laughs> that a review a s-
0: article g- gave me a super site. And you're allowed to call it a super site. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> okay. that's what's happened.
1: <laughs> all right. I, I guess I got to take it. <laughs> Last bit of news for you, Andy.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, farewell cards. Remember farewell cards <laughs> when you used to work at a university?
0: Yeah. I th- did I get a farewell? Yes, I got stuff from Gibbo. Yes. Farewell cards, yes.
1: Someone would be working for between one month and five years. Yeah. No matter what, they would get a farewell card and
0: maybe a morning tea. A morning tea and if they were lucky, they'd go out for like beers or lunch or something like that. Oh, very lucky.
1: Yeah. COVID times, Andy. Yeah. What do you think goes on instead of a farewell, physical farewell card? Um, An email chain. (laughs) Close. Oh. And electronic farewell
0: card. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like it already. Um, Oh, that's disgusting. Just don't do it.
1: Um, I've got two. I've been invited to sign two electronic farewell cards. So it's just a list of names. No, it's kind of like a flip book and then you can write a message Hmm. The best slash worst thing about it is that when I opened it up to have a look at, like, what the hell is this for the podcast, hmm. I could see everyone else's message.
0: Oh, that's annoying. So it's good though because you get to get you get to understand the tone of the 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 uh, card, so you can match it. Yep. But did you did you read other people's? Yes. Mm. Yes. Were you impressed with what they're writing? Was no, it because for? it was
1: all very generic. Uh, um Okay. Now who so it's very easy to sign a farewell card for someone below you on the on the scale. Yeah. But it gets progressively harder, I think, the higher above you they go.
0: Okay, so, so if you were to write one for the vice chancellor, exactly, it would be really hard. It would, yeah, yes. Like you, you've done a great job.
1: <laughs> you've never seen my face before, Cameron. Yep. Yeah, yeah. What? How high up do you think you could have gone at to sign a
0: farewell card and mean it and like and yeah, and like it mean something? I reckon supervisor. No, dean like dean a, of your of your area? faculty i think is probably the highest you can get before know what they just don't know who they are and they don't know you yep dean's pushing it as well though i think in flinders we were lucky because joe shapter just was just knew everyone right yes but that's not the case in a lot of places they're yep. just this foreign entity that's got an office somewhere and you see them once a once a year when they yep. tell you you're doing a great job um so yeah maybe not even dean maybe just your supervisor
1: or like a supervisor, other professors in chemistry yeah. or chemistry being our area. Yeah. Okay. So, one of the e-cards I was asked to sign mm. was for the Executive Dean of Research
0: for, of the university.
1: Ugh. Someone who I could not pick out in a...
0: Do like, you even, did you even know their name before you saw it on the card? <laughs>
1: Um, I'm aware of this person's name, but yeah. I didn't know their exact role, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew it was one of the important ones,
0: <laughs> yeah' like so, okay, I know that name and I know I should be polite to them, yes, yeah,
1: but there's also a stage like well you and I at dinner we were complaining about how much money these people make, yeah, there's a stage where it's like it's not really a farewell card because they're going on to an equal job. it's a farewell card because. They've decided to take a much better job somewhere else. Yeah, with more pay. With more pay. Yeah. And they've probably left no impact behind in the university they're working at. They're just
0: a cog. (laughs) They hate to to admit it to themselves, but they're just a cog in the machine. Yeah. So, should I write that in my farewell (laughs) message? (laughs) Enjoy your higher paying job. I'm sure you won't miss it. (laughs) i know this is a better move for you also your impact will not be recognized (laughs) yes (laughs) perfect right there
1: all right all right there's lots of news but that's
0: it that's brilliant man well uh, some great stuff stuff's happening um in terms of your uh like fellowship and stuff like that's just still waiting to be activated
1: Yes. Great. Yep, so uh, all set to start October 1. Ooh, exciting. Um, I've asked for a work contract Mm. and it hasn't come yet. Okay. So, hurry up and give me my work contract.
0: (laughs) What have you been up to, Andy? So, let's start with verbalize.science. So, it's kind of been a little bit slow in the old verbalize world. Um, Just because we have purposely not pursued any more customers because all of the, I say all, but a lot of the universities are cutting staff, asking them to do mm. 0.8 roles. The last thing they're going to have money for yes. is communication, right? We, I need to be honest and be like, the first thing to go is marketing.
1: Oh, I think they're still spending a lot of money on marketing. Sorry,
0: man. marketing to students. Yes. But they're not interested in science communication. Like, you know, they are not. They barely spent money on it beforehand. They're def- it's not definitely going to not be on the top of their list right now. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, we're just going to chill out. We're going to service our customers, our cl- current clients really well now. And we're going to get their testimonials. And we're going to wait until the universities have sorted themselves out. And we're going to relaunch with that, like the testimonials of the clients. The great yeah. news is... We're finishing up stuff with Goider Institute at the moment, and the feedback has been the initial feedback from um, the staff has been outstanding. There we are. That's what I need. That's
1: the the highest mark possible when you write a grant. Outstanding. Outstanding.
0: Nice. So, yes, so that's good. So, that makes me happy that, first of all, um, the business is providing value, and also, to be honest with you, it's taken a bloody long time to get that outstanding thing. Like I've I've had... You were challenging or something, weren't you, last time? Yeah, I can't... Oh God, it was was just (laughs) not good. Um, But that's the point, right? Like it's taken two years since... No, three years since Verbalize was an idea to go from upsetting a customer, not delivering, telling us that our product sucked... Not, not hearing back from anyone after doing it once, yeah. to now having an institute talking about it being outstanding and going, Oh, well, we want to do this for the next round of projects. Yep, ah, all right. Thing is, there's no money for it anymore, but it at least makes me feel happy on the inside, mm-hmm. so there's a, there's a good thing. Um, so yeah, verbalized science, love it, it's just cruising along. I it's have a new business. Been Knitting. Knitting.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a new hobby. News alert. News alert. <laughs> I've been knitting. And the reason I talk about it is because I finished a sample for you. Oh. Peep hoppers, I have got a sample of my um, stockinette stitch for Cameron Schmoopy Shearer. I'm going to pass it over now. Can it's you a bit s- warm from my butt. Can you say stockinette again? Stockinette stitch. So one thing you'll notice about this uh, is it's... Um, it's flat on one side and bumpy on the other. Oh, so that's because you knit one side and you you knit you knit stitch one side and you purl the other side. Now the unfortunate thing is it does curl a little bit, as you can see. But it 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 is what t-shirts are essentially made of, which is the flat side points outwards, and the bumpy side is the inside bit. So that is what I have been made. I made that over a couple of days. So I was very pleased about that. Um, What's it going to be? Or is this the finished product? That's the, it was just for me to practice my stitches. So at the moment, I have been, I have been knitting for about three days. And so I, before I launch and into like socks, before I launch into a hat, I think a hat is or a scarf, I was like, I just need to know that I can do it consistently and that I can backtrack if shit goes wrong.
1: Have you bought the domain for be a knit pro,
0: <laughs> beard knitting pro? Is what I should go for. Um, no, I haven't. But I've been thinking about. It. I wonder if I could turn this into an info product. Um, no, at the moment it's just for fun. But uh, yeah, that's. I've been knitting.
1: That that is actually impressively knitted. Thanks, man. I, I, and you're you're right. You've got two different um, styles of stitch uh front and back um it actually looks good thanks man
0: yeah yeah tried my best trying which is why this is the third one you don't want to see the first two um so yeah so i've been knitting there we are there's a little hobby that i've been doing i uh, haven't turned it into a business yet but you never know what the future holds um beard growing pro continues to bring me in increasing amounts of money each month which is great i just get sent money from the internet so that's good isn't it well done. Yeah. What are they buying? Um, well, they're buying stuff on Amazon and I'm just receiving a commission. Ah, uh, so, okay. um So, remember you you had a little anti-Jeff Bezos
1: rant yeah. at, at dinner?
0: Yeah. So, um, they've got a great <laughs> affiliate scheme. <laughs> um, the issue is, is no one else has got really good beard products <laughs> that I can get a commission of anyway. Yep. Well, um, I just
1: found out today that you drive a van. You could fill your van with, with beard, beard products, products yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Just sell them at the market? Oh, that sounds horrible. Getting up <laughs> early. Um, yeah, so uh so that that business is is growing and doing really well. But last little bit of news. Yep. Um I was doing a LinkedIn vlog. Do you remember that? For yes. ages. Ages. Like th- 16 months I think I did it for. More than 100 in a row. Was it Uh, I did nearly 300 300. I think Um, so 300 videos and essentially I stopped doing that because LinkedIn the algorithm changed and I was getting like next to next to no views a day and I was like this is clearly not worth it anymore I was getting 2,000 views in a day then I was getting under 200 and I was Mm -hmm. like not worth it but I kept posting them across to my YouTube channel so Andy Stapleton just YouTube channel and then I was like I'm going to try just answering questions about things that i i know so i would go search engine optimize the question and do a little video about it now i've just realized that there's loads of phd students that are desperate for help
1: yes um we, we complain about bad supervisors all the time yeah it turns out there are bad supervisors out there with students who need help
0: they need a lot of help yeah and it was it's so i put one up it was called phd advice um the things i wish i had known before starting a phd and it's now I think over twelve, nearly thirteen thousand views. Whoa! Um, and but the important thing is, is now I've got nearly a thousand subscribers on that channel. So now I'm just okay. filling it with PhD advice. Yep. Um, there's cross promote this podcast. That's what I'm going to do. Don't you worry, <laughs> man. I've actually got a link to it on my YouTube channel, but I will be cross like actually mention it in my uh, in my video soon. I'm I'm a little bit hesitant to be like the super pushy, hey, follow me on this and go to this. And ring but, the bell. Yep. Yeah. Do you already say that? I already say that. Yeah. <laughs> Remember to subscribe to this channel if you're not and push that notification bell so you get my latest videos straight into your feed. Oh, yeah. Smooth. Uh, thank you. So yeah, that YouTube channel has turned from like a vlogging thing, which didn't really do very well to now a relatively successful PhD career advice channel. Okay. So, I guess that's there, are,
1: there are a lot more PhD students than there are entrepreneurs.
0: Entrepreneurs. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. And so, anyway, so I'm going to... My entrepreneurial uh, spirit was lifted when I saw how much uh, people needed help. Yeah. And I was like, I am going to go down that path. So, that's what I do. Tuesday mornings, new videos. Oh, you do have a schedule on that. Yeah. Yeah. Every Tuesday. So, that's it. So, that is what's been keeping me busy. Great. Boom. Bang.
1: Andy. Yes. We've got feedback from a listener.
0: We have got feedback from a listener. Feedback from a listener. Feedback from a listener.
1: (laughs) Facebook. Love it. Isabella Cota. Yep. Has uh, some accents on the name. Sorry if I mispronounced your name. Has written this. To my colleagues in academia or undertaking a PhD, here's my top five summer
0: podcasts.
1: (gasps) One, The Professor is in. Two, The Unlikely Academics. Three, publish, perish or podcast. Boom,
0: top three, baby. There we go. Brilliant. We're on a list. We love it. That's amazing. Yeah, thanks Isabella. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, that's made my day, that has. It's time for Topic of the Day.
1: Topic of the Day.
0: Topic of the Day. <sighs> yeah. time for Topic of the Day. <laughs> and um, Topic of the Day was inspired by one of my awesome PhD things. And it was about mistakes that PhD students make. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to talk about it. What mistakes do ECRs make? So early career researchers
1: Yes, you don't know everything after you finish your PhD.
0: No, absolutely not, and it gets so politically different, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. all right. So, Cameron, I would like you to start. We're gonna go. We're gonna aim for six uh, <laughs> mistakes. Let's yes. see. We actually haven't compared notes on what no. ones uh, we have both we've come up with. So. so- I
1: don't know. did you say top six, or, you,
0: or I think we just got to call it six mistakes. Six mistakes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah. In no particular order. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number
1: one is, uh, you need your own project with mm. tangible outcomes, mm-hmm. which are papers, mm-hmm. conference uh, visitations. Mm-hmm. Don't just help others because you don't have a PhD. project to do. Okay. So I think this is something that I kind of did when I finished my when I did my first postdoc. Yeah. Was that I found myself starting projects and handing them over and oh. spending a lot of time just helping other people because I didn't have a thesis to write at the end of it. Yeah. So I felt like I could do the things with less chance of working.
0: Mm. And yeah. then when they did work, you handed them off to PhD students? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But and that meant that, what, you felt stalled? So, it basically meant in the end that
1: I was, was stopping and starting. I was never really like the expert of in one project. Mm. Uh, and I also didn't have any first author publications come out of that mm-hmm. um, whole two years postdoc. Yeah. Basically because I was never the lead in a project that worked mm. to... Uh, until the end yeah so i think it's a easy trap to kind of think that you can just kind of be a, a helper role or or like a like the co-supervisor for everyone yeah but i think it's important to to keep doing so, your own research
0: i'm a little bit confused then so you were employed was it was it what we uh lovingly call scunge money where it was like Two years, stay on. Let's see if we can get another project going. Like, what? What? How did you find yourself in a position where you didn't really have a your oh, own I focus? Was,
1: oh yeah. So um, this was the the job in Germany where the money was actually um, the professor. His salary came with the salary for a postdoc, uh, three okay. PhD students, and three master's students. Yeah. So um i wasn't tied to a specific project
0: right okay that's interesting okay so in germany then you were like uh you were like robin to batman you were just like <laughs> a sidekick
1: yes but i think my my tip here or my mistake was being a sidekick yeah yeah
0: yeah <laughs> but how do you get but you i guess in that situation then you would be like okay even though I'm in this sidekick role, yep. I want to drive this bit of research, and this is going to be mine.
1: Yeah, and 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 like have have a goal that I'm going to see this through to the end. by By this date, I'm going to have this result. Yeah, as opposed to it being, I'll see that this project looks promising. Yeah, and then we'll get a master's student to do the rest, mm. or we're going to get a PhD student come in two weeks. Mm-hmm. What should they do? Okay, mm. I'll start this, and then and then and then they can take over.
0: Mm. All right, good, yeah. Love it. Love it. All right. All right. My one. Our second, our second mistake. Our second mistake. I'm going to just go straight from what I teased at the beginning, which is not doing enough deep work. And I really recommend everyone that listens to this podcast, go um, get a copy of Deep Work because even though I didn't know it was about academia, it was something that I wish I had read while i was in academia not not because it would have changed the way i felt about it but it would have made my time there just like less bullshitty like it's so easy to get swept up in the shallowness mm-hmm. of date like and this isn't just academia you know this is everything but what's easy right what does your brain want to do respond to emails uh, go for a coffee like tidy up that bit of graph data that yep. you've got you know like all of that shallow stuff that actually anyone really could do and he talks about it in terms of um the difficulty so if someone let's say like a new, new newly graduated phd student could do it then maybe it's not super valuable you know um but if you need phd and a couple years doing this research and something something like now that's something you should really focus on and so I really feel like ECRs spend far too much time trying to get to grips with the politics side of things rather than setting aside at least like three hours a day, say two or you know three one hour blocks, say, morning, mm-hmm. just before lunch, and then later on or whatever works for your schedule, just to be like, you know what, I'm going to work on the thing that will actually progress my career, which is papers. So am I collecting data? Am I analyzing data? Am I applying for grants? Like really, I'm writing, you know, writing papers or conferences or whatever. Yeah. But those are the things that will benefit your career, not getting an email back within an hour. (laughs) As much as we like to think that that's important, Mm -hmm. it really isn't. The third mistake. Yeah. The hard work
1: isn't over. Oh, yes. Good one.
0: (laughs) Now it's time to relax, isn't it?
1: Getting a PhD is hard. Yeah. Uh, getting a PhD is rewarding. Mm. You feel uh, very good when you finally finished your PhD. And yeah. You get the certificate or you get the piece of paper saying, well done, doctor. Yeah. Well done, doctor. Ugh. Um, mm. But you need to continue to be the best yeah. you can be. Um, yeah. You can't coast. After getting your PhD, it, it actually it gets harder.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I I completely agree with you. I think there is no time in academia. I tell you what, there is that there's there's time there's time to relax. We're not saying like hustle and don't and going on weekends and or at least I I'm not interpreting it that way. It's no. not like it's not like sell your soul to academia now. But yeah. what it is is don't like be consistent still. Still yes. do a bit every day. Still right. It's not a time to take your foot off the gas. Yeah. Um, yep You never yeah. won the race. Yeah. It's
1: a a new race starts straight away. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And do you feel like um, I certainly feel that I approached my first postdoc like a more like a job mm. than what a postdoc should be, which is like I'm gonna better my career and I'm gonna collect papers and I'm yeah. gonna do the thing whereas I was just like, ah, I've done a little bit today.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna make my immediate superior happy. Yeah. And that's correct. enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. not gonna, you know, yeah, like get the best out of myself for mm. these nine hours or eight hours I'm gonna work.
0: Yeah. 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 Um yeah,
1: I, I kind of felt like uh you know I'd I'd heard you did the PhD, you do a couple of postdocs then you'll be offered a, a permanent a teaching, position. You'll be offered a teaching position. Uh, yeah. I kind of felt like, oh, okay, it's, it's just going to happen. Mm. Um, but it, it really hasn't happened that way. Mm. Uh, I've had to, yeah, it's been more difficult than I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still, like, I don't work right now. I don't work weekends yeah. at all. Yeah, that's good. Um, and I'm still doing fine.
0: Fourth one is don't take hang on a minute the fourth mistake is taking your supervisor too seriously okay yeah so what what i didn't realize is that really if you're if you're employed on a project you're probably the person that's actually testing the ideas Mm -hmm. not trying to make it work yeah. Do you, you want know I mean to do you, do you know what I mean by the, like that little subtle difference? Is like yes. you're employed because they've like a supervisor or a group of people have gone, oh, I've had this idea, it should work this way mm-hmm. based on what we know. We'll get someone in to fix it. And what you've got to understand going into it is they have no idea. And it's okay. Like I I remember once my supervisor um sitting me down and saying, get me this result. And yep. I was like, "That's not how this." I actually said to him, "I was like, this isn't this isn't how it yes, works. That's not science." So no, I can't. Like, I could get you that by doing dodgy shit, probably. Yeah. But I can't get your result. Like, yeah. So do I could just say I did it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So in my mind, I was always like, "Don't employ me on a project that you, you didn't know was going to work, and then like force me to get the result that you wanted." That's like, yeah. That's not science. So yeah. So I, in the end, I, it was like. They're just people. They're very, you know, they they've got to a certain point in their career. They're probably much much more well read than you. Mm -hmm. They know the broad aspects, but when they try to sort of uh, when they try to impart what what is possible and could be possible, really, that's you have to do the the experiments to make it work. So. Um, yeah, taking them too seriously. Thinking like uh, they they have worked it out. No, it's your job to work it out and it's your job to communicate to them what the results are um, and they have to accept that. And I think early on, uh, I was like, oh, I must make this work. It needs to work this way. It needs like, this is what I'm employed for. And uh, it just didn't work that way.
1: There's a PhD comic about the... Different stages of what you think about supervisors. Oh, yeah. And it was early PhD, it's they know everything. Mm-hmm. And then it's end of PhD, it's they know nothing. Mm-hmm. And then it's postdoc, it's they're a nice person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Where, it, you know, you, yeah. And I think that's, you've got to basically get to that stage of thinking of them, not really about what they know and what they don't know, and just. Mm-hmm. To, Whether they're a nice person or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Absolutely.
1: All right. The fifth mistake that people make Mm -hmm. is that they do not focus on external visibility Mm -hmm. over internal indispensability. Oh, Hang on. Right. Break this one down (laughs) for me. So, you can be internally indispensable by being the person who... Um, always refills the water. Yeah, always right. does the dishes. Yeah, you yeah. Internally indispensable by being, you know, the 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 lab take caregiver. You can yeah. be the one who's always organizing the meeting. Yeah, you can all be okay. doing these like small jobs which are internally very important. Yeah, but externally there mm-hmm. is no value to these jobs. Mm-hmm. So externally what's important is your name on papers yeah uh, clear evidence that you are an expert in um, characterization methods yeah um, but again that's probably mostly on papers mm-hmm. getting yourself to conferences mm-hmm. um, being on grants yeah um, not helping the student who is not very good mm-hmm. unless you Ultimately, it's going to be beneficial to you. Mm. Mm. So, focus on external visibility yep.
0: over internal indispensability. Mm. Would you say then... I mean, it. you know, is it science communication? Is it, But what do you mean? Obviously, there's a very important um, paper point, like clearly. Yep. But what about invited talks? What about getting out in the community? What about... Uh, lecturing or like what yep. about all of that stuff? Yep. That's just important. anything that's externally, yep. externally visible. Okay,
1: is much more important than internally then
0: being that person that fills up the liquid nitrogen and the SEM. Yeah, yeah. Yep.
1: So as an ECR, no matter how internally indispensable you are, you're probably paid on soft money. Yeah, which will go, which which is likely to go away eventually. Yeah, okay. So you've got to be ready. To be as valuable-looking as possible to people looking in from the outside, mm. um, and if you do that, you're still going to be highly regarded within your own group. Mm-hmm. You still can help, but instead of always doing something, mm. work out a roster. I'll yeah. do it this week. You do it next week. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't don't be really stuck mm. doing too many things. Really enforce a shared load.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Well done. Like it. Uh number six. Yeah. Oh, I've got a couple. Let's have a look. We'll go for uh all right, we'll go for a typical Andy, not having a full back option. Okay. I think um you do have to go into even uh I was gonna say PhD definitely, but even more so in ECR, your early academic career is what would i do if this doesn't work Mm -hmm. now that doesn't mean people should not work to make that happen you know like don't be like oh it's all right i'm just going to be a plumber or whatever you want to be you know that's fine
1: i say real estate agent
0: real estate agent yeah Yeah. like whatever but you do have to work out something that you you would actually enjoy and that may be real estate i'd hate it Yeah. (laughs) yeah um but you like just be just being super honest with yourself and I think um, when you are this far through in an academic career, I, I am hesitantly gonna say your ego is bigger than it deserves to be mm-hmm. because you've worked your way through a relatively competitive and challenging career up to that point. So this idea that you it, you, you are deserved the next step has to go away. Um, and also that you also have to squash the ego in terms of, well, I'm a scientist, so I must do science. The one thing that's amazing about the world is you can do anything like this isn't some sort of Oprah shit, but it more like if you, you can start a business online, you know, mm-hmm. like you can, you can go back and become a plumber. You yep. can do whatever. And you've really got to think about, well, what do I actually enjoy other than science? So, it may be that you're analytical. It may be that you like writing. It may be that uh, you're really good with the details. It may be that you like lab work and you'd like to be a lab tech somewhere. You, you know, like whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Get rid of the ego of what you should be doing. Don't listen to that, but be like, what do I actually want to do? And just sort of like nurture that as you go through that early career. Because, first of all, it's going to give you a little bit of freedom so that when you come out to an end of a contract, it may be an exciting opportunity to go try that new thing. Um, or, uh, yeah, it may just sort of like give you a little bit of comfort to know that maybe this isn't your final career and that the 0.1% that make it into academia um that's. It may not. It probably isn't going to be you. Mm-hmm. But you've got something else lined up that you actually like. Not. Yes. Not a panic choice. Not like shit. My contract's over. Yeah. Oh, there's a real estate thing.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of anxiety over mm. these short contracts, and you could say, "Oh, my contract's over. I better take this two-year job yeah. with this supervisor that people have told me is a it's a horror. Yeah. But I better take it. But yeah. If you had. A second option maybe you wouldn't yeah. be forced into doing something that you are going to end up regretting in the end mm. Mm.
0: yeah so look it's like i don't want to end our mistakes on a downer but it's just I'd I don't see think the mistake. You really
1: to have an upper of a no, mistake. No, that's true. No, that's true.
0: <laughs> this one's this one seems really like the the bottom of like you'll never make it. Yes. Um but hopefully turning that into something positive and being like well no, you know, if I if I am not part of that very small percentage, then where will I find my satisfaction? Where will I find my purpose? And what what does that look like going forward? There are six mistakes. Yes. Let us know on Facebook or via email to Cameron in Adelaide Uni. <laughs> um yeah, let let us know uh what you would add to that list. Music is provided by the awesome Adelaide bass band Voice Rom. Go check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. Also remember to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, like our Facebook page and leave us a review on wherever you get this podcast cuz that helps a lot. We have got more actually on iTunes so thank you so much oh. another uh, five star rating I saw the other day excellent so that's wicked also this is Lady episode die. 99 next one will be the 100 incredible yeah
1: it might come out next month
0: wow we bloody did it alright Cameron sponsor for the week you were just
1: listening to the published Perishal mm-hmm. podcast and it was brought to you this week by our future sponsor Andy's Knits and Bits. <laughs> Andy's future online only knitting
0: store. Perfect, love it. Come and get Andy's Knits and Bits. <laughs> Alright, final farewell. Bye. Bye.